From our nation's capital, this is Naps Chat. I'm gonna stand right down and write myself a letter And make believe it came from you Hi, and welcome to this week's edition of Naps Chat. I'm Bob Levy, the Director of Legislative and Political Affairs for the National Association of Postal Supervisors. In case you've slept through the past week, Election Day took place on November 8th, and the outcome of the more than handful of congressional races have yet to be decided. One of those contests that will be relitigated will be on December 6th. That is the runoff election that will take place in Georgia, since neither Democratic incumbent Senator Reverend Raphael Warnock nor the Republican nominee Herschel Walker won 50% or more of the vote cast in the first round. Notwithstanding the outcome of that race, Democrats retained the slimmest of majorities in the Senate, relying on Vice President Kamala Harris to break tie votes. If Warnock wins the runoff, the Democrats would have a majority even without Vice President Harris's vote. For NAPS members and others within the postal community, this means that Senator Gary Peters of Michigan will retain the chairmanship of the Senate Committee on Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs. Most likely, Senator James Langford of Oklahoma will be the ranking Republican member, succeeding Bob Portman, who did not seek re-election. As we recorded the podcast, the Republicans were inching towards a majority status in the House, a far cry from the projected red wave. Nevertheless, it is expected that Representative James Comer of Kentucky will chair the House Oversight and Reform Committee. There is a contest among the Democrats who would be the ranking member of the committee, Representatives Jerry Connolly of Virginia, Jamie Raskin of Maryland, and Steve Lynch of Massachusetts are vying for that position. We expect the House Democratic Caucus to decide who will be the ranking Democrat late November or early December. Stay tuned. One of the issues on which both panels have jurisdiction is the Federal Employees Health Benefits Program. One of the most consequential annual decisions made by active and retired postal and federal employees is to which plan he or she should enroll during the annual open season. The value of the FEHBP cannot be overstated. About 90% of the federal workforce indicated that the FEHBP coverage was either extremely important or important to them. Dental and vision benefits are also an important component of the federal and postal health package. The Federal Employees Health Benefits Program's annual open season began on November 14th, and the opportunity to change plans lasts through December 12th. Obviously, a change in an FEHB participant's plan selection can impact their health plan coverage and their premium. EAS-level postal employees pay the same portion of total health premium as federal employees and retirees do, which amounts to 72% of the weighted average premium of all plans. As has been NAPS Chat's FEHB open season tradition, we are joined today by a true expert regarding FEHBP, Jay Fritz. I think this is the fourth year in a row Jay has been with us. Jay Fritz is the Office of Personnel Management's Program Manager for Outreach and Program Services, which means he coordinates FEHBP open season. Jay began at OPM in 1991 and involved in the FEHBP ever since. That's been more than three decades. Jay has negotiated FEHBP contracts with insurers and worked with enrollees, agencies, and participating plans on a variety of FEHBP issues. Jay, welcome back to NAPS Chat. Thanks, Bob. Glad to be back again this year. 
Hey, Jay, FEHBP participants that I have been speaking with are surprised and somewhat disappointed by the increase in the FEHBP premiums for the 2023 contract year. I think on the average, FEHBP participants will be paying about 8.7% more in health premiums in 2023 than they did in 2022. Can you explain why? Yeah, and, and first of all, you know, for the last four years, OPM's had very low to average premium increases. Uh, however, due to events and factors that are impacting the health insurance market more broadly, as you point out, the enrollee share average increase, and again, this is an average, this is an every plan's increase. Some will have increases higher than 8.7% for enrollees, some will have less. Um, this is why we encourage people to shop around. But, you know, there's certain drivers that are out there. We're still seeing the impacts of COVID-19. Uh, the Omicron variant came out in late 2021, early 2022, was not anticipated uh, during the summer of 2021 when the 2022 rates were set. So still seeing the impact of COVID. We're also seeing impacts of higher than expected utilization in outpatient services and facilities. We see an increase in utilization of professional services, increased utilization, unit costs, and specialty drugs, which is really having an impact on the program. And these specialty drugs, you know, these are special drugs used to treat complex or rare conditions such as cancer, hemophilia, HIV, uh, hepatitis, inflammatory bowel disease, and other ones. These are drugs that, you know, before they didn't exist. And unfortunately, they are expensive that are used to treat these people. So... We're also seeing, you know, other things lead into this that, you know, that's unfortunate. But as we said, it's hitting the, it's not just OPM. It's not just FEHB. It's hitting the health insurance market across the board. You, you had mentioned the uh, impact that COVID has had on utilization. And one of the sort of, I guess, surprising byproducts of COVID was people were deferring certain types of discretionary procedures till after COVID sort of dissipated. Is that a cause for the utilization increase? It is. It is, Bob. It's that, as you pointed out, people delayed care. They didn't go to the doctor, which has some other unfortunate effects itself. But yes, they did delay care. And then as COVID, the the vaccination came on board and and it kind of receded, people started going back to the doctors for for their care that they did, in fact, defer. Um, So yeah, that's definitely part of it. Now, how does the FEHBP premium increase compare with the premiums of other large private sector or other public sector health plans? So we have certain benchmarks that we measure ourselves against, and one is CalPERS, which is the health insurance for California state employees and retirees. They announced their uh, plan, rate and plan changes of 2023, they're including an average 6.75% overall premium increase. And the OPM average premium increase is 7.2. Now, as you mentioned, the 8.7, that's the enrollee share. There's also, you know, portion paid by the federal government. So the overall average increase of FHB across the board, 7.2. So uh, a little bit higher than what, what CalPERS is. They're 6.7. Um, The business group on health survey of large employers found that companies expect a 6.5% increase on average for their 2023 health insurance plan premiums and costs. And in August of this year, Aon, which is a consulting firm, projected that employer costs for health care increased approximately 6.5. So we're looking roughly about 6.5 or 6.7 for these other benchmarks. We're coming at 7.2, so we're a little bit above the benchmarks, but... You know, there's other years that we're, we're below the benchmark still. And part of the reason why individuals 
or in individual FEHB participants will see a higher than the average premium is because of the way in which the contribution rate is calculated, the 72% of the weighted average premium. Would that be accurate? Yeah, th- th- that's correct. And you know, because there's a government share, the government contributions set by law. So anything above that amount that the government's going to cover is obviously the responsibility of the enrollee. And that's why we encourage people to shop around primarily this year in, in efforts to save money and, and, and kind of look at the plans that are out there. Because, you know, some of the plans, they are going to be higher. Again, that 8.7 we talked about, it's only an average. There's going to be some that are going to be higher than that and probably some that are going to be a good bit higher than that. That's why we always encourage people to take advantage of open season and, and do their shopping and you know, take a look at the plans available and take a look at the premiums and take a look at the benefit changes for 2023. Make sure you're still in the plan that you know, that's, that's the best for you. Uh, you're anticipating my next question, and that is what strategies should FEHBP participants employ to mitigate or avoid sticker shock or to search for the plans that best meet their needs? Can you talk about some of the resources that OPM makes available to participants to do that shopping? Yeah, the first thing I want to do, Bob, is always want to talk about our website. Our open season website is www.opm.gov slash open season. That's your primary resource for everything related to open season. That'll get you to the FHB brochures. Uh, it also gets you to our plan comparison tools. You mentioned what individuals can use to, to look at their plan. So we have our plan comparison tools, uh, which is, I'll give you the URLs, opm.gov slash FDHB compare with the FHB program. Also, FedVIP compare. That's for our dental vision program, FEDVIP compare. We put a lot of work into those. We get a lot of information in there, not just premiums. We also have information there about the benefits that are available, the co-pays on certain, on certain uh, items. So that's where we encourage people to go. Go in there, put in your zip code, put in what your pay schedule is, and um, it'll bring up all the plans that are available to you. And it'll provide information, again, on the plans, the premiums, some of the benefits, some of the co-pays, co-insurance, and we really encourage everyone to go in there and take a look. Even if you think you just want to stay in the plane you've been in for the last 5, 10, 30 years, we still encourage everyone to go in there and take a look and see exactly what's changing. And, you know, another plan might be might be a better choice for you. Now, most, in, you, most individuals stay put during open season and maybe ignore the open season material. Is that a wise approach to open season? Uh, it's not a wise approach. I mean, we're realistic at OPM. We know that a lot of people enroll in the same health plan and have been there for you know probably their entire federal career. Is that a wise approach? No, um, it would not be a wise approach. But you know, we always say, go take a look. Maybe the plan you're in currently, maybe this is the best one for you. It could very well be. But we do encourage people to go and at least take a look at the premiums and see what their rates are going to be for 2023. We also recommend everyone going to take a look in their brochure, the change page. All the benefit changes that are going to be for 2023 are specifically mentioned on the change page in the brochure. Go in, take a look, see what your plans premiums are for 2023, see what the benefit changes are for 2023. If it's something you don't like, 
or something you really could not live with for a benefit change, then take advantage of the FHB comparison tool and go ahead and see what else is available out there. But we encourage everyone to at least take a look at your premiums and take a look at any benefit changes that are going to be for 2023 to make sure that if you don't do anything during open season, whatever those premiums and benefit changes are for 2023, that's what you're going to have. It's not accurate anymore because I remember there used to be an associate director of OPM years ago when I worked on Capitol Hill, Gene Barber, who used to say, you have to look very, very discriminately at the plans because they appear to be different flavors of vanilla, but they're not. There are major differences between the plans, whether it be deductibles, copayments, or coverage. Correct. Yeah, every, you know, and we say at OPM, all, all our plans are good. It's just which one's the better one for you. There are no bad plans in the FHB program, but there are certain ones, as you said, the different flavor of vanilla. It's that, you know, by vanilla, I still consider it to be all good plans. It's, it's a good thing. But there could be a particular one that's got some t- different type of level of coverage that, you know, it, it's, it's somehow somewhat better for you and your family's needs. Let's take a step back from looking at specific plans. Let's talk about the 2022 open season overall. I'm sure postal employees and retirees want to know what's new this year on on the broad scale. What's new? Are there new plans? Have plans left? What should they be looking at? Yeah, we do have plans. We had a couple plans leave the program, um, and actually I'm looking for them right now. I should have anticipated this question. Uh, we do have a couple plans leaving. Uh, most they're the HMOs. We have one in Georgia, Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Georgia, is leaving. Um, Healthkeepers in Virginia, which was just a new plan last year, now they're leaving after one year. So, people in the Northern Virginia area, actually, I believe it's outside of the Northern Virginia, outside of the Northern Virginia area, um, Healthkeepers, Emblem Health in New Jersey and New York, they are departing as well as HMO Colorado in, uh, I'm sorry, Blue Advantage HMO in Colorado. So, yeah, we do have a couple that are leaving. Let me see here. If I've, I did miss one more, we have another one leaving, which is uh, Blue Preferred, and that is in Missouri and Illinois, around the St. Louis area, I believe. So, yeah, we do have some that are leaving. So, you know, we tell everybody that, you know, during FEHB, open season, don't really have to do anything, but we also encourage people to make sure their plan isn't departing. Now, their plan should notify you that they're departing the program and your agency may notify you. But it's also a good thing to go in there and see, hey, is my plan even going to be available for 2023? Because, you know, I just read all five or six plans that have decided they are, in fact, leaving FEHB. So those individuals will need to do something. And if they don't, they're going to be placed into the GEHA indemnity benefit plan, the uh, Elevate option, which is the lowest cost nationwide plan. So they're protected. If you don't do anything for a departing plan, you're not going to be without FEHB coverage. You're just going to be placed into a plan that you may not like. So, again, if you get notification your plan's leaving, please – you know, do something, go and take a look at our open season website, look at our plan comparison tool and select another plan. And Bob, we do have one new plan for 2023. It is the Indiana University Health Plan in uh, in the state of Indiana. Go Hoosiers. Um, yeah. The uh, call letter goes out in the spring that you all send out to all the insurers and you get you provide them with guidance on what how they should change their plans 
to anticipate the open season. How have the plans generally changed in response to the call letter that you sent out? Yeah, I mean, there are certain things at OPM that, that we want required uh, services. I know we, there was focus on maternity care. Um, there was also focus on, I believe, gender-affirming care. Um, I'm trying to you know, take a quick look and see what we mentioned for our call letter initiatives. But, I mean, that was some of It's each year, as you mentioned, each year things at OPM. OPM and also the, the administration. The administration has a lot of say in what is going to be uh, the initiatives that OPM undertakes for for the new year, for 2023 in this case. Um, so, yeah, I know there's a couple things. Obviously, Bob, I'm still looking for them. Uh, yeah, here we go. Uh, maternal health was an initiative. Um, gender-affirming care, I mentioned. Obesity, COVID-19. Telehealth. And telehealth kind of grew during the pandemic. I know I had a couple of telehealth. I've never done telehealth visits before until the pandemic. Then, um, you know, I'm, I think it did through MS Teams with my doctor, you know. But so telehealth, I think, is here to stay. Also, medical foods, assisted reproductive technology. There's some interest in for that and also preventive services. So there are certain things that we um, – are trying to do is benefit enhancements across the board. And we're also trying to deal with no significant premium impact. You also want to mention that. Yeah. In past call letters, you focused on incentivizing FEHBP participants who are Medicare eligible to enroll in Medicare in, in such a way that uh, encouraging insurance plans to offer rebates. Now, most federal and postal annuitants presently participate in Medicare. Medicare Part A, which is primarily for hospital-related costs, is paid fully for by FEHBP participants during their work years. That's the 1.45% payroll withholding on the pay stub. Part B is optional with a premium and covers other medical-related costs, including doctor visits. Part B premiums and deductibles will actually decrease in 2023, um, I noticed. Uh, could you talk a little bit about the phenomenon about A, premiums going down in Part B, and how integration of or coordination between FEHBP and Medicare works, and have, is there any new plans out there that offer these rebate, premium rebates? So the primary between FEHB and Medicare is if you are if you have FEHB and Medicare, if you're an employee, then FEHB is primary, and if you're an militant, Medicare is going to be your primary coverage, and then your secondary pair would be FEHB. Um, OPM realizes that there are individuals not taking Medicare Part B. They have made a decision that FEHB coverage is good enough. They're not going to enroll Medicare Part B. That can be detrimental to the program because their costs are now, instead of Medicare being primary, they retire, it's FEHB. So that's a cost to the program. So we do have plans that offer Medicare Part B incentives. Uh, right now, it looks like we have seven plan options that are all for Medicare Part B reimbursement beginning in plan year 2023. I believe these are new carriers. We already have existing carriers that provide a Medicare Part B incentive. So we are expanding that. It's a long list of the ones that provide Medicare Part B longer than I could could read over during this during this podcast. But there's you know even seven new ones. Again, go in the brochure. Take a look in the brochure under the sectional. We have a sectional Medicare and FEHB. 
take a look and see what, if any, incentives your plan offers. But as I mentioned, there are the number, the number of plans that do, and the number continues to grow each year. So that's been an emphasis of OPM was, again, to provide some way, some type of an incentive to encourage individuals to enroll Medicare Part B. It is beneficial to the program as a whole when individuals do take Medicare Part B. That leads me into my next question, which is, as you know, legislation passed earlier this year uh, would uh, create a postal-only health plan and uh, Medicare mandated Medicare integration for future retirees. I'm just curious, what is the OPM up to right now as far as this postal plan that will become effective in 2025? It's a, still a little way off, but is there any movement at OPM at this moment? There's a lot of movement at OPM behind the scenes. Um, honestly, Bob, not a lot I can talk about regarding what the behind the scenes is, but work is being done. And just to clarify, the Postal Service Health Benefits Program, it's a new separate program within FEHB, administ still administered by OPM, which will provide health insurance eligible postal service employees, postal service annuitants, and the eligible family members, as you pointed out, beginning in 2025. PSHB will replace FEHB for these groups, so it's not like there's a choice. If you're a member of one of these groups as of 2025, you no longer be eligible for regular FEHB. You're used to Postal Service Health Benefits Program. And we have some information on the website. A lot of this is still ongoing. A lot of conversations with the various entities, but we do have uh, a webpage set up on opm.gov. Actually, it's opm.gov slash healthcare dash insurance slash PSHB for Postal Service Health Benefits. Right now, I believe we have five, maybe six FAQs up there on that website. We encourage people to visit that website. We are currently working on our second batch of frequently asked questions. Once they are cleared through both OPM and the Postal Service, they'll go up on the website. So that is a living page. I don't know if any one of your group has visited it yet. Again, we encourage, again, it's a living page. As more information becomes available, that page will be updated. That's the primary means of communication between OPM and also, and the uh, individuals going to be affected by postal, postal reform and the Postal Service Health Benefits Program. So check back that page uh, frequent. Um, hopefully, as we get more into it, it gets closer to 2025, we'll be putting a lot more information in there. But again, it's, it's still preliminary. It's not that far off, but it's still preliminary. And we have up there the information that we do have available. And again, we encourage people to, to check that page off because, again, it is a living, a living page. I think that you should know that uh, postal employees and retirees are so uh, pleased that OPM will continue to administer their health benefits because uh, they have tremendous confidence, I think, in OPM's experience dealing with FEHBP and, and as such. And we uh, have heard that. We have heard that from the Postal Service that their employees and their militants are very pleased that OPM will continue to administer, which which you know kind of, kind of makes you proud. Yeah, it is a credit to the administration of FEHP how effective as far as administrative costs and how it works with the carriers uh, to make sure that uh, employees are covered in the most effective way. I want to ask last question. Separate and apart 
uh, from FEHPP are the flexible spending accounts and dental and vision coverage. Can you talk about what's new with regard to these aspects of healthcare coverage? Sure. And that's kind of, you know, we never want to lose sight of all the aspects of open seas. It's not just FEHB. We seem to focus not just this podcast specifically, but everything I do kind of focuses on FEHB. So we do want to remind everybody that open season is also for the federal employees, dental and vision insurance program. That's FedVIP. That's obviously the dental carriers and the vision carriers and also federal flexible spending account program. Now, again, if you're enrolled in FedVIP, then you're the dental vision, your enrollment will continue into 2023. But we do want to remind everybody on FSA feds, that's what's different. FSA feds, you must enroll every year or you will not have FSA feds for 2020. You will not have FSA feds for 2023. And any money that you've not spent this year, you won't be allowed to carry over. You must re-enroll for 2023. For FedVIP, I'm not sure there's a whole bunch of benefit changes for FedVIP. For 2023, yeah, I don't think we, we do that. They're kind of different than FEHB. Their contracts are longer term, so I don't think their benefits change that often like they do in FEHB. So there's probably no real changes for 2023. Uh, oh, hold on a minute. The more I look, of course, Bob, I spoke too soon. <laughs> uh, for 2023 plan year, FedVIP carriers have made changes to plan offerings to one remove waiting periods for orthodontic services. So we started FedVIP. There were concerns over there could be a pent-up demand for orthodontic services. If I remember correctly, we first started like 18-month wait period for orthodontics. Um, so we're removing the waiting period for orthodontic services. Uh, they provide services targeting pregnant enrollee wellness and education and provide teledentistry services. So I'm not really sure what teledentistry services are, but we are now providing them. So I guess it's kind of like telehealth of the doctor. I guess you would, yes, you, you'd hold up your iPhone yeah. to your mouth and look in your tooth, teeth, I guess. It could be. I don't know. You're right. You got, the cam you got the cameras on the phone now. Maybe it is how it works. <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, but, you know, again, you know, it's FHB is different. But a lot more benefit changes at FHB than there is FedVIP. Um, so the FSA feds. Uh, let me see. You can now carry over the carryover amount has increased for FSA feds. Let me find that number for you. You can now carry over up to $610 from 2022 to 2023. Again, to use that carry, you have to re-enroll for 2023. Um, and let me see the contributions, the maximum contribution, uh, per participant for healthcare flexible spending account is now $3,050. That's come up, I think, from 2700 I believe it was, for 2022. So the, the amounts that you can contribute are going up. The amount that you can carry over are going up. Again, can't emphasize too much that this is where FSA feds is different than FedVIP and FDHB, and again, that you must re-enroll. And you do that at fsafeds.com. So just a reminder of, of where to go to for that website. Jay, I want to thank you for once again joining us uh, on this week's NAPS Chat. It's important, I think, that all our listeners, that they should familiarize themselves with the many options available in FEHB Open Season and to avail themselves of the OPM website and act upon that information. Jay Fritz is the um, Office of Personnel Management's Program Manager for Outreach and Program Services. Thanks for joining us, Jay. 
more than happy to spend the time with you, Bob. Anytime you need me. Give you a shout. We'll talk about open season. Great. And I want to thank our Naps Chat listeners for logging on. If you enjoy Naps Chat, please leave us a positive review in the Apple Podcast Store. And more importantly, share Naps Chat with your friends and colleagues. In the meantime, stay safe, stay healthy, and choose wisely during open season. I'm going to right down and write myself a letter. And make believe it came from you I'm gone